Hello and welcome to Find Your Center. I'm Kim Perone, Certified Life Coach with the Center for Clarity, Compassion, and Contentment. I know that's a mouthful, so I call it Center 4C. But the name is meaningful, and these qualities of clarity, compassion, and contentment are what we all need more of. So I thank you for listening. I'm here again, blessedly so, with Jim Sweet, author of Back to the Front Porch and, and Mental Freedom, both books about finding peace and enjoyment in life. Hello, Jim. How are you on this nice evening? Good. Beautiful night, Kim. I'm, I'm great. It's nice. And so today's topic that we're going to talk about is mental fitness. And I know it's something you've th- thought a lot about in the books that you've written in your own personal practice, but uh, strengthening this muscle, being mentally fit in, in today's world where now we have the spotlight uh, and we have that push for good well-being and people don't need to hide hide behind anything that they can actively work on their fitness yeah and and that's a good point it seems like you know we've always had the um you know i remember when when i was a kid uh, richard simmons was doing his, <laughs> his fitness videos right so that was you know those the physical fitness was always part of our lives but i think that the mental fitness is is just imp- as important and like you said, I'm glad it's coming to the forefront now and, and people are realizing, hey, I can, I can, you know, exercise this muscle. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's great. The timing is perfect. And hopefully this is very useful for listeners as well. It, the mental fitness piece too, I think was in coaching. Uh, maybe embedded in formerly in executive coaching, performance coaching, thinking athletes and, and things like that, you know, really mastering a mindset to make sure that you're not doing things to slow you down that get in your way. And so it has been around for a while, but I love that now the spotlight on well-being has made it a broader topic for us all. Yeah, and, and you mentioned uh, sports, right? It's always been, I mean, physical fitness in sports and especially professional sports has always been there. And they've always had coaches and trainers for that. And I remember it was the, now I think it's probably every major league sports team has, you know, what they used to call a sports psychologist or whatever on the team. You know, and, you know, maybe 20 years ago or so, that wasn't the case, but there were certain times you would hear about it. Well, so and so is struggling with their free throw shooting in basketball or, you know, the second baseman can't throw it to first base. So they brought in a sports psychologist to try and help them. But now they, they realize that, that that person is, it can be just as important as the trainer who's got them in the weight room or running sprints or, or anything like that. Yeah. And at just, uh, a several few, few months back before the summer, I ended up starting to binge watch billions on uh showtime i think that is and okay, and yeah. w- one of the characters is a performance coach and they're in the financial industry yeah. and so i got such a big kick out of watching Ren- wendy rhodes the character do what she does to make sure these were like the high achieving performers in in the finance field and and i think it is something that's really important for all of us today and the first one I know you're gonna, you're gonna relate to too. So the ways we can build and strengthen this muscle. The first one I want to talk about is, you know, mentally strong people practice gratitude. Right. <clears throat> yeah. It's, um, 
I've heard, I heard this. I, I um, just read a book called The Happiness Advantage, mm. which is a great book. But, but they talked about in there the Tetris effect of happiness. Um, and if you've ever played Tetris, you're, you're trying to pile, um, you know, basically blocks or whatever on top of each other. It's kind of a video game. So how do you do that? And it rolls into gratitude. When you notice things and you're grateful for things, they build upon themselves. And the more things you see that you're grateful for, the more things, the more things you see that you're grateful for. Um, but that, that, yes, that gratitude practice. I like that. I do remember Tetris. And it's so easy. And it's easy. (laughs) It's, it's too easy. easy. It's too easy. Our brains just think that's silly, right? It's like sometimes things that are easy, our brain or our ego, it tries to say, no, 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 that's just, you know, that's light. That's silly. That's fluffy. Yeah. It's too simple to be effective, but you, you, you know, and this is something that, and I've, and I heard someone talk about this recently is, can you set uh, an alert on your phone? So if, if I don't pick a number five times a day, so you set that alert and maybe you set it, there's a way to do this. I don't know how to do it, but <laughs> <laughs> look it up on YouTube. They'll tell you there, but set that alert for five times a day, random times, you know, between the hours of eight and eight and eight or whatever you want to set it. And, and when that alert pops up, gratitude, boom, you just look. Okay, you're sitting at your desk or something and you look over and say, Oh, I'm so grateful for this little blast of warm weather that we're having the last couple of days. It gives me that last chance to sit outside with my family and eat dinner. Yeah. And boom, there you, okay, there you go. You're done with it. Um, and then, you know, an hour and a half later, something else pops up and you, and you look out and, and you're grateful for the person that you're sitting having coffee with, whatever it is. It's a real coaching um, exercise. So when I give talks yeah. and, and webinars or workshops, you know, I say, I know that you're all grateful people, but I want you to know it's a real coaching exercise. It's pulling your brain away from other things it might be thinking about, which might be some, you know, some negativity, some worries in, in pulling it into what's good and helping you stay a little bit more with the good. And it's not. It's not common. Our brain doesn't want to stay with the good too long. It wants to go to be our problem solver. And so, you know, counting the blessings in instead of noodling on problems. And so the mm. more we do it, the more we're sort of cultivating an inner inner coach. We had done that as an episode. But, you know, so it always comes up. It always comes up. And then these two, um, Amy uh, Morin wrote 13 things mentally strong people do and what they don't do. And so she, I think there are two different books too. So I'm taking some of her, her material here and they'll, we'll post a follow up to a TED talk that she gave that was pretty powerful. Another one, mentally strong people retain their personal power. And what is meant by this is not giving away their personal power to letting a lot of things outside them offend them, letting people defeat them, letting the negativity of others drag them down. Um, and then even would apply to, to blaming other people, mm-hmm. you know, maybe playing right. that victim a little bit or just feeling like you can't have other people really deflate you, pull you down. But to a certain point, you're giving away your power if you're just saying like, yeah. now I'm deflated. Yeah, because it's, it's, um, I mean, I'll use an example of, uh, you know, being, okay, I'm, I'm late to work because the person in front of me cut me off and then I got stuck at a, at a red light. 
uh, and then I had to wait through that, and then I got stuck in another red light or whatever it is, and I got to work five minutes late. So you, you give away your power when you say, well, it was not my fault. It was that person who cut me off who forced me to go to the red light. And now, like you said, your your, your mental strength is going towards focusing on that person and pushing all your energy towards you know, negative, which energy then becomes negative, towards that person. So saying, maybe taking ownership and saying, geez, you know, I could probably leave five minutes early, uh, earlier uh, every morning if I just go to bed five minutes <laughs> or get up five minutes early or whatever. Take ownership of it. Don't give away your power. Definitely ownership. And if it was like you left in time and it was just a fluke, don't. Don't follow the brain to wanting to blame someone else. It, it's not necessary. It is what it is. Right. Get to work and say it is what it is. <laughs> I had the best of intentions right. of being here on time or, you know, I didn't mean to hold this meeting up. Right. And in that way, you've retained your personal power. We don't need to crumble when things don't go right. We don't right. need to crumble when things have dragged us down. In fact, it leads to the next Next point I was going to make is for mental fitness is the mentally strong accept challenges because they view adversity as an opportunity to grow stronger. And so that challenges not being, not feeling like the challenges are too much. There are always times we could be overwhelmed, but to think about your mental fitness Part of your mental fitness is accepting challenges and seeing even adversity as helping you to grow stronger. Yeah. And it's the same as physical fitness. If your goal is to, you know, uh, let's say it's to lift uh, 50 pounds of weight, right? That's, that is, uh, if you're going to start wherever you start, maybe start at 40 pounds, that extra 10 pounds, there's your challenge, right? So how do you, as physically fitness, how do you do it? Okay, well, let's come up with a plan. Let's work that plan uh, and exercise through that and then eventually get there. And and it's like you said, it's embracing the challenge uh, and then trying to uh, just use your mental strength to get right right through that, whatever that challenge might be. And the obstacles we overcome are, are that same thing. That's the extra weight. That's the, that's the lifting. Yeah, that's the lifting. Right. And every time you get through another obstacle, you gain confidence in your, in your abilities to even handle the unexpected. Just continue to grow. Mentally strong or fit people also focus on things they can control. There's so much that's out of our control, out of our circle of influence. Right. right. And, and it's easy. When you said that we go back to, I think the second point we made was the blame game. If it's not in our control, it's easy to blame the weather or to blame the person driving in front of you. But it, it again, it's that's you control what you can control. And if, if all you can control is how you react to a situation, then just control that. Can you control your breathing when you start to get uh, excited about something? You know, but and also worry, right? This is so, oh, I'm supposed to be worrying about things. These are those energy wasters. If the, if it's something that's not under our control, we do not want to let our brain just marinate in it for too mm. long. You know, you know, mental fitness requires that level of clarity that there are things you control and there are things that you don't control. Right. And to not obsess about the things that you don't control 
And it might take a little faith. It might, it might take some other elements in your life to help you lift that burden off yourself. But if you find that you're trying to con- control or you're trying to spend a lot of thought power on things you can't control, you're, you're uh, wasting your energy. Yeah. And sometimes I think we try and control other people or try and control how other people mm. react. And, and I've, you know, over years, I've come to realize that that's not, you know, how other people re- react, how they react to us. It's, it's no reflection on us. You know, it's, it, it, and we're not going to be able to control how they react. What we can control is how we react to their reaction. You know, so if, like, I think we've talked about it last time when, when you're around a, uh, you know, maybe a young child and they start to get excited and you want them, because it's bedtime, you want them to kind of calm down. Well, you're going to have, you can't control what they're doing. <laughs> what you can control is you can control your level of excitement. And if you stay calm and you stay cool and you speak in a, you know, mild tone, uh, maybe they can, now they'll react off that. So. Yeah. Instead of maybe screaming and hollering and then everything stays like (laughs) you said, then it stays at this heightened level that's not very restful. And so, right. We can't control other people. And I, I mean, we could all think of a a million examples of where we would have wanted to. Yeah. (laughs) We would have wanted to, whether it's your colleagues, whether it's your boss, your family members, extended family members. So there's so many times that we might want to control the actions of other people, but, but we really don't. So Pete, that focus on others is an important piece of that control. And, and not, you know, focus on what you can control and not what you can't. Another is setting healthy boundaries. Mm. So when it comes to healthy boundaries that might be emotional or physical, it's, it gives us room to grow. And so often people think about saying no is as a boundary, like not saying yes to everything, but I love the concept of needing space to grow. So if you're willing to say no where you can and where you're feeling like it's a real no, even if it disappoints Mm. others. Right. And you know what the other thing about if you set these boundaries, if if you've got that boundary set, it removes a lot of decision making from, you know, a particular conversation or a particular situation. For instance, if you say, okay, I'm leaving work today at five o'clock because I have to get to, you know, my child's soccer game at 5.30, you get, uh, you know, a phone call or, or a colleague come in late in the day and, and say something like, oh, hey, can you help me with this? Because it's, you know, I got to submit it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You, you can, if you've already set that boundary and you set it for yourself and then you set it for the other person and say, no, I can't. And this is the reason why. Now you don't have to waffle with that decision. Now you don't have to put mental energy into that decision-making process, which can totally drain us. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and it can be, uh, you know, it could be that with another person. It could be uh, set boundaries with, you know, what time I'm going to get up in the morning to exercise. Um, that's a tough one, but <laughs> you don't have to make that decision. Physical yeah. fitness and mental, mental fitness, fitness exactly, right? Yeah. But you're right in saying too that like the boundary is I'm not going to rethink right, this every yeah. day. I'm not going to have a different time every yeah. day. That might be your, a personal boundary for you. Just do it. It's like you're telling yourself, just do it at this time. 
So I don't have to keep thinking right. about it and then go, well, what do I got going on today? And what am I going to yeah. do? You know, the mental fitness is putting some structure in there so that you don't have to spend extra mental energy where you don't need right. to. Good, good example. Another is taking calculated risks. Mm. So being mentally fit means that you're willing to take calculated risks. You balance your emotions with logic. You calculate the risk and you're willing to step outside of your comfort zone, seeking opportunities that'll help you reach your goals. And, and, uh, and then obviously implied in that too, is being able to handle failure. Right. If that yeah. happens. Yeah. Because I mean, like you said, it's a calculated, calculated risk. So you expect to succeed, but you know, with any risk that you take, there's certainly a chance of failure. Um, and I, and I think that, like you said, that failure can, can, can help us, uh, build the mental strength mm-hmm. You say, okay, I, I did everything right. You know, sometimes we talk about process over outcome. I did the process was in place and it was done correctly. The outcome just didn't turn out the way that I wanted to, you know, and the outcome's not guaranteed. <laughs> You're right. And the next one is learning from their mistakes. So leading right there. So if it happens to end up being a failure, a mistake, you're ready to learn from it. You're not obsessing, recriminating towards yourself. You're not being cruel to yourself. You're accepting the full responsibility and moving forward in a productive way. Yeah, because it's the ego that can... Yeah, the ego can step in there after the failure and say, "Oh, I'm I'm not going to try that again. I'm going to protect, you know, the protective personality. The ego says, "Well, I, I don't want to do that again because I'm not going to be able to f- deal with the failure." Oh, and the ego is very tempted to do that because it takes in your experience and makes st- a story out of it. And so one might say, "Oh, I'm not good at doing things out of my comfort zone." And they have to question that. Is that really true? Or is it that you didn't like that discomfort of failure, um, of something going wrong? But what you can learn from it is that you can get through it and that it, it's doable and learn, learn elements. In fact, most inventors and very famous people had a lot of failures before successes. So I think of Jack Canfield right. in the chicken soup for the soul. I mean, I think he had so many rejections. Before that was published and then became a huge success. So it's really important that we don't make a really small box for ourselves and stay our comfort zone might be way too small and being mentally fit because we know that life will throw us curveballs to get us out of our comfort zone too. So we want to be fit and ready for that. Right. Because they're coming. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they may, odds are that they're, they're coming and we can handle it because right. we're mentally yeah. fit. Another is making peace with the past. This is a hard one because the ego sticks like glue to those things that we ruminate on, mm-hmm. that echoing pain of something, someone did you wrong, something in the past was a big mistake. Um, and the dwelling on it is kind of where, what our brain likes to do. Yeah, this is a hard one to to move past it's uh you have to well especially if something in the past was a failure you know you almost have to turn it around and say okay well what can i pull from that quote quote failure you know what what did i do right because generally in 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 something like uh, is generally in a failure whether it's uh, you know it's a business failure or a 
personal failure or relationship failure, something like that. There were some positives that came from it. There were some things that you could learn from it. Um, how can you almost take those from it and then, like I said, leave the past behind? It's, it's, yeah, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's, that's a hard one. It's hard. Your brain wants to keep going back there, especially if it's someone you're holding a grudge against. Mm. But we do need to learn how to let go of grudges. We do need to let, we need to know how to forgive, even if we're not speaking to that person. So now I'm using sort of the example of, okay, making peace with the past. Someone did you wrong or something, you know, you were wronged in some way. Right. In in that, you know, you don't want to live a life of regret. You want to be able to just learn from the past as we were talking about, but you also don't want to hold tightly to that negative and drag it along with you right. forever in a negative way. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the, um, what do they say? It's the, the, the saying of you, you, you hold on to the negative or you hold on to that grudge. It's like you standing there in front of another person, you drink the poison, expect them to die. It doesn't work that way. You just drank the poison. It doesn't. <laughs> it's your own. Yeah. Po- it's the, yes. the poison in you. Right. Yeah. So you do it for you and not for them. Right. And so be, being able to make peace with the past, if that's what you need to do, then it's you do it for you. You're not doing it for the other person and you're not saying that everything was A-OK because you, you may not feel that it was. But that's also making peace with yeah. the past. You're you're at least saying it went down this way. This is what it is. And how can I look forward and be resilient? Right. So another speaking of being resilient, and this, this comes up a lot in midlife, I think the mentally fit create their own definition of success. Mm. And I think this is a big one in a big one in midlife, a big, big one in coaching. It's like, we cannot look outside of ourselves or with our 20, two-year-old eyes about what success is when we're older, we have to reflect and make it really personal. What is each of our own version of success? And I think that's extremely mentally strong to do that and so important. Right. And and that's, that is something that I think we should spend time on because we get signals from our culture or society of what success is. Success is the big house and the four cars and the money and all this f- fancy stuff. But what's, d- does that lead to happiness? And studies show it doesn't. And we I don't see know. it. It doesn't. Yeah. Right. You you have to sit there and, and say my, my own success is, and one of the ways that I've worked on and, and I kind of, you know, would I rather be rich or happy? I, I'd rather be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, Sounds like a simple thing to say, but but you look around it. I mean, I, just a, a perfect example of everyone knows Tom Brady and Giselle Bunch, right? This the power couple, if you will, right there. <laughs> well, right. well, guess what? Just like a lot of people, they're going through some uh, tar- hard times sure. in their relationship, and it doesn't matter how much money either one of them has. Are they happy? You know, are they happy in their life right now? It, and who knows? You, you don't know it. Uh, what I mean, maybe they are happy splitting up or whatever's going on there. But but the point is that there's a lot of rich people out there who have a lot of money. W- w- rich defined as society would define rich. Yeah, those traditional measures of success. The traditional yeah. measures, yeah. They have fame too. Define for yourself what, yeah, define for yourself what, what you want that to be. If, if it is, if success to you looks like millions and millions of dollars in multiple houses, and does that mean that you work you know, 80 hours a week and you don't see your family and you don't care to have a relationship with your children or your spouse or, or mm-hmm. anything like that. And the only thing that drives you is getting to that, uh, you know, get 
getting to that uh, dollar amount in your bank account, okay, then I, I guess define that for yourself. Or even just feeling like you don't have as much as other people and how does that reflect mm. on you? Do you feel unsuccessful, unfavorable comparisons? Right. And right. and really, too, I know that I've said to, to clients, too, before, your health is wealth. And so shifting, sometimes it's a shifting. And that's why I mentioned the 22 year old self, because it's like, you know, we set out in our careers and doing things and our careers, our relationships, everything, parenthood, all that, just Mm. with an idea of what success in all those areas would be. And it is important to update that along the way and reflect with more wisdom and age and experience to make sure you're not judging yourself based on that 22 year old's plan, uh, when you're 52 and, and feeling crushed by it, that's where the mental fitness comes in. That that's important, um, to, to just remember, and we can get caught up in that very easily, very easily. The, the, uh, the last one I'm going to talk about, um, just quickly is they, uh, set side, set aside time to be alone. And I think this is so important in a world where there's so much noise and sometimes discomfort with solitude to, to recognize that that's part of mental fitness too. Maybe it's meditation, silent reflection. Solitude is good for our well-being, and, and, and making sure we have some of that in our life. We don't need noise all the time to keep us busy. Yeah. And there's a, difference between being alone and being lonely you can be lonely in a crowd and i've you know there's been points in my life when i've been lonely in a crowd and and it's a you know this this space that you need like you said kim with the the, for us to get some space to to kind of get away from all that chatter that's around us uh it, it does help us reset um it helps to you know us kind of get back to that slower wavelength in our brain um, which then helps decision making. Mm-hmm. That mental clarity and also hearing your yeah. inner guidance. That yes. the reflection time very hard to do when there's a lot of noise uh, around. And yeah, the difference. It's really nice that you pointed that out too. There's a difference between being alone and lonely. So, yeah. and and this even if you have to set time aside for this, this is where the the boundary setting can come in. You can say, okay, every every night at Eight o'clock. I'm going to spend 15 minutes by myself, you know, doing whatever. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's at six fifteen in the morning. But but you have to set those boundaries and and make it just like you said boundaries. And you say, okay, this morning I'm going to go for a, a, a run or I'm going to go to the gym. That's the physical fitness. Now we get to set our mental fitness. Well, and I hope we've right? inspired people a bit to think about their mental fitness and it matters yeah. and it's great. It's another thing to exercise. So thank you so much, Jim. Uh, we, we hope you're feeling a bit more centered. We'll be back in two weeks on Tuesday with another edition of Find Your Center. You can reach out to me at kperone at centerforc.com or connect with us at the Slightly Unmeditated Facebook page or Instagram page and at goodvibes at slightlyunmeditated.com. That's all for today. I'm Kim Perone, and thank you, Jim Sweet, helping you to find your center. Each time you do, you build a better world. My heart is full. Thank you for listening. I look forward to connecting with you again. Until next time, I wish you clarity, compassion, and contentment.